Welcome to Zichud Daf Simanim Rabbi Ram Goldar, and today we're Sechus Baba Kama Daf Samach Beis. The end of the sixth parak Hakonis, and the beginning of the seventh parak Maruba. The sixth parak has been generously sponsored by the Klein family as a schus for Rafua Shlema for Gitol Zisel Bas Rachel. So the three Daps are going to focus on him. When although Rabbi Yehuda ordinarily obligates paying for hidden items damaged by fire, if someone receives permission to pile grain in his fellow's field and hides items there. Rabbi agrees the owner would be exempt if fire damaged those items, which were there without permission. Similarly, if permission was granted to pile wheat, but he stacked barley, or the reverse, or he covered over a wheat pile with barley, or the reverse, he only pays the value of barley. Rabbi says that if someone gives a gold dinar to a woman to guard, but tells her it's silver, and she then damages it with her hands, she must pay the full value of gold, because he can say to her, What did you have against this coin that you damaged it? However, if she was merely negligent in guarding it, she only pays the value of silver because she can say, Nitirusa de Kasmet Kibuli I accepted on myself guarding of silver. Nitirusa de Davalo Kibuli I didn't accept on myself a guarding of gold. The case mentioned before, a fire is also considered damage through negligence. Point number two, the next mission teaches that if a camel bearing flax walked near a store and the flax entered the store and was ignited by the store owner's lamp, the camel's owner pays for any damages. But if the store owner left his lamp outside the store, he is high for the damages. Rebuda says, B'ner Hanukkah Pater. Regarding a Ner Hanukkah, he's Pater since he has permission to place it there for the mitzvah. Rabbi suggested that this ruling proves that Ner Hanukkah mitzvah hanicha betokasara. It's a mitzvah to place the Ner Hanukkah within 10 fucking of the gram because otherwise the damage party could say that he should have placed the Ner above the height of the camel and its rider out of harm's way. The Gemara rejects this proof because even if he could put it above ten fachim, came into be mitzvah ka'asik, since he's occupied in performing a mitzvah, kuli the rabbis did not trouble him so much to place the ner at such a height. And point number three, the seventh parak begins, The rule of double payment for a thief is more inclusive than the rule of fourfold or fivefold payment made if the thief sold or shechted stolen ox or sheep. Kefa applies both to living beings and inanimate items, where dal de hay only applied to an ox or sheep. The Gemara said the Mishnah did not mention another way Kefa is more inclusive. Kefa is paid both by a thief and by a tolentinous ganav. A shomer who makes a claim and swears about a thief having stolen the item in his care, when in fact the shomer had retained it for himself, as opposed to dal de hay, which would not be paid by a tolentinous ganav, who subsequently shechted or sold the animal in his care. This submission supports Bechia Barabbas' ruling that a Tolentinus Ganav does pay Dal Vehei. Others say this proof was deflected because the Mishnah does not say Ain Bain. There's no difference between them except. The Mishnah taught one difference, but there may be others. So once again, the three points are number one. Although Rabbi Yudah ordinarily obligates paying for hidden items damaged by fire, if someone receives permission to pile grain in his fellow's field and hides items there, Rabbi Yudah agrees the owner would be punter if fire damaged those items which were there without permission. Similarly, if permission was granted to pile wheat, but he stacked barley, or the reverse, or he covered over a wheat pile with barley, or the reverse, he only pays the value of barley. Rav says that if someone gives a gold dinar to a woman to guard but tells her it's silver and she then damages it with her hands, she must pay the full value of gold because he can say to her, What did you have against this coin that you damaged it? However, if she was merely negligent in guarding it, she only pays the value of silver because she can say, I accepted on myself guarding of silver. I didn't accept on myself a guarding of gold. The case mentioned before, a fire is also considered damage through negligence. Point number two, the next mission teaches that if a camel bearing flax walked near a store and the flax entered the store and was ignited by the store owner's lamp, the camel's owner pays for any damages. But if the store owner left his lamp outside the store, 
he is high for the damages. Rabbi Yudah says, regarding a Ner Hanukkah, he's Pater since he has permission to place it there for the mitzvah. Rav suggested that this ruling proves that Nirchanaka mitzvah hanicha betokasara. It's a mitzvah to place the Nirchanaka within ten fucking of the gram, because otherwise the damaged party could say that he should have placed the Nir above the height of the camel and its rider out of harm's way. The Gemara rejects this proof because even if he could put it above ten fachim, came into mitzvah ka'asik, since he's occupied in performing a mitzvah, the rabbis did not trouble him so much to place the Nir at such a height. And point with you, the seventh parak begins. The rule of double payment for a thief is more inclusive than the rule of fourfold or fivefold payment made if the thief sold or shechted stolen ox or sheep. Kefal applies both to living beings and inanimate items, where dal the hay only applied to an ox or sheep. The Gemara said the Mishnah did not mention another way Kefal is more inclusive. Kefal is paid both by a thief and by a tolentinous ganav. A shomer who makes a claim and swears about a thief having stolen the item in his care, when in fact the shomer had retained it for himself, as opposed to Dalton Hay, which would not be paid by Tolentinus Ganav, who subsequently shechted or sold the animal in his care. This submission supports Mechia Barabbas' ruling that a Tolentinus Ganav does pay Dalton Hay. Others say this proof was deflected because the Mishnah does not say Ain Bain. There's no difference between them except. The Mishnah taught one difference, but there may be others. All right, so now we go to our Simon Dov Samach base, and our standard Simon is a submarine, a submarine. So here goes. The submarine admiral, who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burned in a fire, caused by flax on a camel being ignited by Ner Hanukkah, which had been placed outside the submarine accessory store, saw one of his officers who was towing Tainas Ganav, but who had sold the animal in his care, paid Dalit. Hey, once again, slow motion. The submarine admiral, submarine, that must be learned off stomach base. The submarine admiral who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burning off fire, which reminds us, although Rebuta ordinarily obligates paying for hidden items damaged by fire, if someone receives permission to pile grain in his fellow's field and hides items there, Rebuta agrees the owner would be putter if fire damaged those items which were there without permission. So the submarine admiral who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burning off fire, caused by flax on a camel being ignited by Ner Hanukkah, which had been placed outside the submarine accessory store, which reminds us, the next mission teaches that if a camel bearing flax walked near a store, and the flax entered the store and was ignited by the store owner's lamp, the camel's owner pays for any damages. But if the store owner left his lamp outside the store, he is liable for the damages. Rebuta says, Ben Ner Hanukkah Pater. Regarding a Ner Hanukkah, he is Pater since he has permission to place it there for the mitzvah. So the submarine admiral who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission, under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burned in a fire, caused by flax on a camel being ignited by Ner Hanukkah, which had been placed outside the submarine accessory store, saw one of his officers who was towing Tainas Ganav, but who had sold the animal in his care, paid Dalvei, which reminds us, the seventh parak begins, The rule of double payment for a thief is more inclusive than the rule of fourfold or fivefold payment made if the thief sold or shechted stolen ox or sheep. Kefal applies both to living beings and inanimate items, where Dal the hay only applied to an ox or sheep. The Gemara notes that since no other difference was mentioned, the Mishnah supports Rabbi Chibarab's ruling that Atolentinus Ganav does pay Dal the hay. Others say this proof was defective because the Mishnah does not say Ain Bain. There is no difference between them except the Mishnah taught one difference, but there may be others. So once again.
The submarine admiral who discovered that the uniform he hid without permission under his pile of grain in someone's yard was burning a fire, caused by flax on a camel being ignited by near Hanukkah, which had been placed outside the submarine accessory store. So one of his officers, who was towing Tainas Ganov, but who had sold the animal in his care, paid Dalit. Hey, all right, so now it's time for Forbola Bachazar, Dafnun Ches. So the similar Dafnun Ches is Noach Goldberg, the zookeeper. So here goes. When Noah Goldberg the zookeeper, Noah Goldberg the zookeeper, that must have been where Daf Nun Ches. When Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he knows someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, which reminds us two reasons are given as to why the concept of Mavriach Ari Menichse chasing a lion away from someone's property, where one does not collect benefits from the property's owner because he was performing a mitzvah in protecting the property, does not apply where a sheep fell into someone's garden and the produce cushioned the fall. Number one, Mavriach Ari is done medaito knowingly, whereas the owner of the garden saved the animal for injury unknowingly. And secondly, Mavriach Ari does not suffer a loss by chasing away the lion, whereas this one suffers a loss of his produce's damage, and therefore he may collect the animal's benefit. So when Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he knows someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, and was now eating more produce going from one row to the next, which reminds us it was taught that if someone's animal fell into a garden and ate produce, he pays for its benefit but not the full damages. Rakhana says this is only true for that bed onto which it fell. Rashi explains the animal could not restrain itself from consuming that bed. Avama aruga aruga, but if it went from one row to another row and ate there, Mishalemis Masha Hazika, it pays for what it damaged because the owner is negligent for not removing it. Rabbi Yochanan says that even if the animal went from one row to another all day, the owner would still only pay its benefit until it leaves the garden and returns with the owner's knowledge. So when Noah Goldberg the zookeeper was chasing a lion away from someone's property, he knows someone's sheep had fallen into the garden, damaging some produce, and was now eating more produce going from one row to the next, while the homeowner was busy assessing the damage as part of a larger area. Which reminds us, the Mishnah Duff Nun Hayamabase taught that where an animal damaged produce in a field, the damage is not assessed according to the value of the produce, but according to the field's loss in value. Furthermore, the assessment is not made for the specific area of damage, but is part of a greater area of a base saw of land. Rav Masim provides the source, Ubir Besteacher, and it consumes in the field of another. This teaches that they assess the damage based on another larger field. The more brings different opinions as to how the price of a base saw is evaluated. Dafnun Tess, the similar Dafnun Tess, is a knight. So here goes. The knight in shining armor, knight? That must be more on Dafnun Tess. The knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly spread of grain, which reminds us of Raisan Nun Chesam Beis discussed assessing Chazis, newly spread of grain which was eaten by one's animal. Rabbi Yosef Glili said, It's judged based on what remains in the field, meaning the remaining grain is evaluated at harvest time to determine the damage of the undeveloped grain. The Chami said we assess the value of the land with its stocks before it was damaged and its value after its stocks were damaged. Thus, they fall the grain's current value. So the knight in shining armor was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more, minus the weakening of the vine, which reminds us of the Bryce had taught that if an animal ate smadar budding grapes, Rabbi Yeshua says he pays what their value would be at harvest. After the more established is that Rabbi Shimon Yehuda is saying the same thing, it explains that they argue about kachash gufna, deducting the weakening of the vine, which would have occurred if the grapes had remained on the vine and until harvesting, drawing nourishment from the vine. So, 
the knight in shining armor who was getting an assessment for the damage done when his horse ate the farmer's newly sprouted grain, didn't realize his horse was busy eating budding grapes, which would cost him more minus the weakening of the vine, because he was nervous looking at three people coming, one carrying a fire, one carrying some wood, and one carrying a bellows to fan the flame, which reminds us, if one brought wood and then another brought fire, the one who brought the fire is Chayev. If another person came and fanned the fire, without which it would not have grown to a fire capable of damage, he alone is liable. If it was fanned by a wind, all of them are exempt. Dov Samuk. So the similar Dov Samuk is smiley face stickers. So here goes. The man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker, smiley face sticker, that must have been one Dov Samuk. The man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, which reminds us of Bryce's states that if one fanned the fire and the wind fanned it, if the person's fanning was sufficient to spread the fire, he's chayev, but if not, he's putter. The word said it should be like one who winnows on Shabbos, and the wind assists him by blowing away the chaff, where he's chayev for being machal Shabbos. So first three answers are given as why he's not responsible for blowing on the fire. The first one being, he fanned the fire from the opposite side as the wind, and so he did not contribute to the fire at all. Ravashi answers that the liability for winnowing with the assistance of wind is specific to Shabbos, the Malachas Mach Shabbos Asur Torah, where the Torah prohibited purposeful work, whereas damage inflicted to the wind is considered indirectly caused, and one is exempt for mere causative damage. So the man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, got caught in a storm of angry face stickers that poured down from the sky. Outside a house where Jews made sure not to leave the entrance, which reminds us, Rabbi Yosef taught Abrais about a pus regarding Machas Bechoros. And you, referring to the Jews, shall not leave the entrance of the house until morning. It explains, Once permission has been given to the destroying force to destroy, it doesn't distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. Therefore, Jews would be endangered if they would leave their homes. So, the man who fanned a flame with a smiley face sticker from the opposite side of the wind, so he wouldn't be chayev, got caught in a storm of angry face stickers that poured down from the sky, outside a house where Jews made sure not to leave the entrance, while three warriors risked their lives running through them on a mission to find the psak on three shilas for their king. Which reminds us, the Gemara analyzes an incident in which David had a craving for water from Beis Lechem, which it interprets to mean that he sought the Sanhedrin's ruling on a halakha question. Three warriors risked their lives breaking into the camp of the police team to obtain a resolution, and David objected to their doing so. Amram discussed what his inquiry was, and three opinions are brought. Dav Samakov, so the Zimmer Dav Samakov is a saw, and we often use a magician doing the saw person and half trick. So here goes. The magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick saw a person in half, that must be Duff Samakov. Saw. The magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four amahai wall, which reminds us, the next mission states, If a fire which one lit on his own property crossed a wall four amas high, or derecharabim, or nahar, or a public road or a river, Pater, he's exempt. There's a Malchogas, Rav and Shmuel, where the exemption applies to a Kalachas, a rising fire, or to a Nikfefes, a bent fire, referring to a fire bent by the wind. So, the magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his four amahai wall, had called the Hakola Fiyadleka fire department to come, which reminds us, the next mission states, if one lights a fire within his own property, until how far is the fire expected to pass? 
four opinions are recorded, the fourth one being Rabbi Shimon, who says, it all depends on the fire, which is explained to me, it all depends on the height of the fire, which determines how far the fire is expected to travel. Shmuel says, the halakha is like Rabbi Shimon. So the magician practicing his saw a person in half while lighting the box on fire trick, who was terrified when the fire got out of control and got bent by wind and crossed over his forearm a high wall, had called the Hakolafi Hadleka fire department to come. But they were busy telling an arsonist who lit someone's pile of grain on fire that he was hired to pay for the burned threshing tools that had been hidden there, but not for the burned purse, which reminds us where one set of fire in his property, the Chamis say he's put on all hidden items, where he lit in another person's property. Rehuda holds him liable even for an arniki, a purse, not commonly hidden in grain. And the Chamis say, Kalim should darken the hatim in for Kalim commonly hidden in a grain pile, such as threshing tools, he's chayim, but not for items not commonly hidden there, such as a purse. Alright, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number 1. Which is something about three warriors of Davidamel who risked their lives and ran through a camp of the police team to bring a Shiloh to the Sanhedrin? That's on Duff. Samach. Good. Number 2. Which stuff do we have a question if a Tolentinus Ganov pays Dalad or Hay? That's on Duff. Samach Bays. Good. Number 3. Which stuff do we discuss who is hive when multiple people contributed to a fire? Where one brought the fire, one brought the wood, and one fanned the flames? That's on Duff. None task. Good. Number 4. Which of them are the coming hold that if someone lit a fire in another person's property, they're hive on tools that are usually placed in a grain pile, but not for a purse? That's on Duff. Samachov. Good number five. Which of them when the one is not high if, if he fans a flame in the opposite direction of the wind? That's on Duff. Samach. Good number six. Which of them when someone receives permission to pile grain in his fellow's field and hides items there? Rita agrees the owner would be exempt if fire damaged those items. That's on Duff. Samach Beis. Good number seven. Which step do you discuss if the owner of an animal that fell into someone's garden is Chayev? If his animal then goes from row to row to eat the produce, that's on Duff. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn Rebuto holds? That if flax carried by a camel got ignited by Ner Hanukkah placed outside, the owner of the Ner Hanukkah's pata, because he had permission to place it there for the mitzvah, that's on Duff. Good number nine. Which stuff do we have machok is whether a Shomer Aveda is like a Shomer Chinam or a Shomer Sachar? That's on Duff. Good number ten. Which stuff do we discuss whether the exemption of a fire that crossed a barrier is with regards to a Kalachas, a rising fire, or a Nikfefes, a bend fire? That's on Duff. Samachov. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Yerbam Goldhar from Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.